Um, the scripture reading today is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, which is found on page 958 of some of your Red Pew Bibles. Um, I think it's on page 936 and some of the others. Anyways, Matthew, chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. You can't really follow that. <laughs> so let's just dive right in, and I pray that God would use this word and what the children have shared with us this morning to speak into all of our lives. This past week, Kristen pointed out to me that we seem to be running an experiment as a church on how we might embody those words of Jesus that Elaine read for us this morning. You see, sometime on Monday morning, there was a terrible error in our lighting system in the sanctuary, and just a random assortment of lights were on, and we couldn't turn them off, and we couldn't change which lights were on, and we just had no control over the lights in this room. And that remained true until Wednesday. So for a little over 48 hours, light poured out from these windows into our neighborhood. Light streamed through these new glass doors onto the sidewalk on Spadina for many to see. It's true, it seems, that a city on a hill or a church on a busy street cannot be hidden. And of course, I hope that this two-day experiment in the literal is only highlighting what I pray is actually the 200-year truth of our church here and the continual affirmation of God to every person who he calls and every person who we've had the pleasure of sharing this tremendous story of Jesus Christ with, to come alongside them and to say, you are the light of the world. Your light cannot be hidden, and, and it would be foolish to hide it even if we could. What is the point of all the good in your life if it isn't shared? As pointless as a lamp not on its lampstand maybe hidden under a desk. No, light needs to be seen to be useful. Your light needs to be shared to be any good at all. And I feel like because it's in Canada that I'm preaching this sermon that I need to say that this light is not the light of our star culture. This shining isn't the shining of Hollywood. This isn't the shining of the world's sexiest man 
or of the Academy Awards of drawing attention from the masses for no discernible reason except entertainment and great vanity. Nor, I have to say, is this the shining so many of us try to accomplish by presenting the most highly polished version of our lives to our Instagram followers and receiving from those people who we may follow their carefully filtered presentation of a life that honestly, they're not really living, a light that's not really there at all. These kinds of fickle lights, they flicker out. They don't really shine. They glow as an ember might glow, trying to burst into flame, but are quickly snuffed. They are vanity and offer no real answer to the darkness which we have been lamenting together in this Advent season. The darkness, like the genocide of the Rohingya in Myanmar, where fresh waves of refugees have tried to flee by boat in recent days and were recaptured, of famine in South Sudan brought on by drought and in Yemen brought on by a blockade which has already left 50,000 children dead, of police services sworn to serve and protect that actually view certain populations as the very problems that they are trying to solve. Of homelessness in our own city streets and the bitter reality that as winter sets in again, more people in one of the most privileged nations will die of exposure. You see, the light of the world needs to address the darkness of the world. It needs to share its benefit beyond our own vanity and our own purposes. Otherwise, it can hardly be called the light of the world at all, and it simply becomes the light of Nick, or the light of Jane, or the light of Knox Church, the light of you. No, indeed, Jesus says our light is to give light to many others, to be seen for the sake of the whole world, and to glorify our Father in heaven. Our light, it turns out, needs to shine. And so the natural question that I hope is coming up for you is, what does it look like for our light to shine? What does Jesus mean when he uses this language? Well, in the book of the prophet Isaiah, God offers us a definition for what the light of the world shining actually looks like. And he speaks these words. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide shelter to the poor wanderer? when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will sh break forth like the dawn. Then you'll be shining and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger, and with malicious talk, 
If you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night become like the noonday. What does it look like when our light is shining? It looks a lot like chains loosened. It feels a lot like hungry stomachs fed. It looks like the poor wanderer finding shelter, the naked having clothes, family being taken care of. These things are shining actions of light in a world of deep darkness. There is darkness in chains which bind the image of God and prevent its flourishing. There is darkness in the starvation of people for the greed of the few. There is darkness in the loneliness and isolation of homelessness. And the light of the world sees this darkness and has to respond. The light of the world, by shining, casts this darkness out. Friends, if light isn't casting out darkness, it's being hidden away. And light hidden away is no use at all. It's not really light. Apathy and indifference are things which try to hide our light. It's not participation in the darkness explicitly, but these things allow darkness to fester and flourish, quashes the light, burns it out. So light shining is the only option we have. And these actions of shining light that Isaiah calls us to, I would posit, are very much Advent actions. They are the actions of hope which enliven a despairing world, of peace that overcome all trouble, of joy while there is still yet reason to mourn. They are the actions of hearts that long for a better world and of people who believe that world will one day come and are glad to participate in revealing its truth even now. The shining life is a life spent doing good deeds, but doing good deeds not for the sake of merit badges, not for the sake of the attention of others, not for the sake of that perfectly timed Instagrammable photo. No, but doing good deeds for the sake of others who will see light in their darkness, who will feel hope in their despair, and who will praise the God who has rescued them. And this takes deep selflessness. God, through Isaiah, challenges us to stop worrying about our problems, to stop looking for the darkness in our lives and being so concerned about our darkness. Because as long as we're focused on those things, as long as we're seeking the light which will cast out the darkness that we experience and fixes our problems, we won't find it. Instead, we'll find ways to point the finger of blame towards others, to blame them for our struggles, to begin malicious talk about them, and we won't find relief. No, instead, we're for invited to forget all those ways and instead to spend ourselves on behalf of the hungry and to satisfy the needs of the oppressed, to spend ourselves, to burn for the sake of others. And when we accomplish that, then the darkness of our lives will see a rising light, 
the nighttime of our worst worries will become like the noonday. We are the light of the world, but we are the light of the world only in so far as we contend with the darkness of the world. Only in so far as we cast out the darkness which we see in every place where we see it, and when all darkness is cast out, then our troubles will go too. Our troubles will go because justice and not self-interest will have become the way before us. And having received the praise of light shining, of justice done, God himself will have guarded our paths with his glory. In the last two weeks, I had the pleasure of leading a membership class for our church. And in one of those two weeks, we always talk about the history of this community, the history of this church that makes us uniquely who we are. And in this story, there's this remarkable thread of how we have always been a people seeking to love this city and to serve the world, of being the light of the world in the most practical ways. The story starts easily with founding the Duchess Street Mission, which serves the poor and the homeless and the hungry, and then later of founding Evangel Hall, which does the same work in a different area where the need was then the greatest. The story continues with the Baraka Club, this youth group founded by members of this church, which this church adopted and loved and built a bowling alley in our basement for. Not a bowling alley because it'd be super fun to have a bowling alley, but a bowling alley to show youth in our city that they are welcome here and they were loved here. And the story continues with the story of Knox Youth Dinner and Food Bank, which for over 20 years has opened on Tuesday nights through the whole winter and continues to do so because this church wants to be the light of the world. And these big stories are only a part of the many smaller stories of showing God's love and care to people who are sick and need visiting, hungry and needed feeding, in great financial need and needed our generosity. In fact, in these past two weeks, we added a new story to this litany of stories. We shared with you two weeks ago the story of a new Christian who had great tuition loans and needs and her family wouldn't support because of her new faith in Jesus. And this community said that this great story of faith should have no darkness in it at all, that we should respond to that need. And in your generosity, we have been able to help her to respond to that great need. And not only her, but the kindness you have shown makes it so that her story will not be the only story that receives such light such good news for the sake of many others. And so, as we shine this good light into the world, which has been entrusted to us, God is glorified. God is glorified whether or not somebody names God in the doing. But God is glorified because God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And the light we shine, the good that we do, is the very work of our Father, who waits with us until that day when all might see and know that most gracious light. In the book of Revelation, there's this great image of how the kingdom of God will eventually find its completion on earth as it is in heaven. And John the Revelator shares this image of the city of God that he sees, that great city on a hill whose light will never be hidden, 
and he shares these words with us. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. This is the thing we're hoping for. This is the thing all our Advent waiting is oriented towards. A place with no darkness, where God himself is the light. For now, for a world in deep darkness, God has given you. God has given the church. We are the light of the world because we are the body of the Lamb the hands and feet of Jesus, who one day will be the lamp by which every other thing will be seen. Until that day, we are the only foretaste the world has. In our light, in our good deeds, the world is given the opportunity to know the Father of lights, the perfect love of the Son, the abiding presence in all things of the Holy Spirit. Until that future day comes and God shines in all things and all places, we are the light of the world. We are the light by which hope may be discerned in hopelessness, by which peace may be known in trouble, by which joy is shared in mourning, and love is known despite a harsh and uncaring world. In this season of Advent, we are encouraged to remember that thing which we are longing for and to choose actions which point us in the direction of that coming light. So church, you are invited. You are invited in your Advent waiting and in your Christmas celebrations to take up these actions of the light, to spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, to share your food and your shelter and your company with those who need it, for whom you may be uniquely positioned to be the light of the world in a way that many others may not be able to be. You are invited to shine. You are invited to shine not for your own sake, but for the sake of a world in need of the light of the world, and all for the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, you know the dark places of the world, the places of weeping and mourning, the places of hunger and famine, of war and strife. You remember the pain of your children, and you will not forget it. And so in response to these things, you have given us the task of shining your light, of being the very light of the world for the sake of people who need to know your love and care. We pray for those situations in our community that we know of, for Samantha and her family as they grieve her father's passing. May we be the present comfort of your spirit in a time of sorrow. 
We think of the family and friends of Dorothy Scholar as they prepare to remember her life. May we also remember her well and remind her family of the great joy that she found and continues to find in you. We pray for places in the world where people are comfortable but lonely, where people are very privileged and some even in their midst are without. We think of our own city and we pray that you would help us to be the answer to the need that we see, that our light would shine and not be able to be hidden, that we would truly be the light of this world. God, encourage us in our shining. Show us your ways that we might follow in your paths and always be guarded and encouraged by your glory around us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.